This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. A number of years ago, I was preaching in a certain uh, city in the state of Mississippi. I was in a revival. And I noted that the building, the church building, was right across the street from a, from a bar. And I thought that quite unusual. But then I noticed a sign on the bar. It said, attitude adjustment from 2 to 4. <laughs> I thought that's rather unusual. Attitude adjustment. Well, I, I, I've thought over the years how a lot of people need a, may, might need an attitude adjustment, but not necessarily at a bar. But we want to think about our attitude today. And attitude is important. It's so very important in life. And we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture in the book of Proverbs today that talks about our heart and our attitude. Please stay tuned. Now this is Billy Lambert. I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible and I'd like to welcome you today to our telecast. And on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. It's absolutely free and we would like for you to have it. And in order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course, we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read a passage to you today from the book of Proverbs, chapter 4 and verse 23. The book of Proverbs is filled with all kinds of wise statements. And this is come from the wisdom of Solomon. Listen to what he says. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, comes the issues of life. You know, there are, there are a lot of things that are difficult to control in your life. That there are a lot of things that sometimes are hard to, to keep under control. I, I have an idea that some people would say, well, the, what, the one thing that's hard for me to control are my children. I remember being in a in a revival in the up in the uh, state of Virginia many years ago, and I went with a preacher out to a visit in a home, and there was a little red-headed boy running everywhere, jumping everywhere, and and uh, jumping off of tables, and and uh, his mother said, "Harm, stop that! Harm, don't do this! Harm, don't do that!" and she said, Brother Lambert, have you ever heard the expression, getting out of harm's way? I said, yes, ma'am, I have. She said, that's harm. Well, it was hard for her to keep a little harm 
under control. So some people say, well, it's hard for me to keep my checkbook balance. And maybe you're being overdrawn because you're underdeposited. I don't know. But that might be a hard thing for you to do. And some woman may say, well, Brother Lambert, the hardest thing for me to do is keep my house straight. Now, well, I believe in keeping your house straight. My wife is a very, a very good housekeeper, and, and I believe in that, and I appreciate what she does. But you can overdo most anything. I heard about one old boy who said he got up late one night to go to the refrigerator to get a drink of water, and when he came back, his wife had the bed already made up. You, you can just overdo anything. I don't know about you. But the hardest thing to keep under control is my attitude. And my attitude is so important. Someone said that your attitude is more important than your aptitude because your attitude determines your altitude. You see, your attitude determines how far you're going to go in life. We need to keep our attitude right. And let's go to the passage we began with. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Your life is determined by what's in your heart. Your attitude comes out of your heart. And so what kind of an attitude do you have? Now, attitude is important in everything we do in life. Attitude is important in athletics. Um, most coaches have learned this. They have learned that, that not only do you need to prepare an athlete physically, you have to prepare an athlete emotionally. That They need to be prepared with a, this attitude that I'm going to win. I'm going to win. A winning attitude. This is important in health. And it has been proven, at least somewhat, that your attitude has a lot to do with your physical health. Have you ever been with a group of people and they make up a little thing about they're going to start telling one of the persons in the group they don't look good? And they don't. They, they look a little sickly, and they, they don't. Feel, they, you must not feel good. And and it's not long until that person is sick. Why? Because you begin to work on their attitude. Their attitude. Attitude is important in in the business world. There were two men that went to work for the railroad. Twenty-five years later, one of those men that went to work for the railroad was out still driving spikes on the railroad. And, and while he was out driving spikes, there was a car pulled up on the railroad, and someone came out and, and told him that the uh, owner of the railroad wanted him to come up into the car. He wanted to talk with him. And he went in, stayed for a little while. He came out, and the guys working with him that were driving the spikes in the, the rail on the railroad said, Do you know who that man was up there? He said, Yes, I know who it is. He runs this place. He runs the railroad. He and I went to work for the railroad the very same day. Well, they said, how do you account for the fact that if y'all went to work for the railroad the very same day that you're still out here driving spikes and now he runs a railroad? He said, because 25 years ago I went to work for 25 cents an hour. He went to work for the railroad. 
It all had to do with attitude. And attitude is important in living your spiritual life. It is vital. And let's think about some areas of our lives where we need to have the right kind of an attitude. And I'm thinking about the attitude that we ought to have toward God. I think it starts there, don't you? If you have the right attitude toward God and the right attitude about God, then your attitude toward everything else in life will, in all probability, will fall right into place. Well, what kind of an attitude should I have? You ought to have a loving attitude. You know, the Bible teaches in the Old Testament and in the New Testament to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. So we're to love God. It doesn't take long to figure out how an individual really feels about God. You say, well, how's that possible? Well, what you do, if you want to know how a person feels about God, if you want to know how you feel about God, just ask yourself this question. How do I feel about the things that you associate with God? Then when you learn how you feel about those things that you associate with God, then you will know how you feel about God. I have a pocket watch. It's a, an old watch, very old. It's a Hamilton. I, I, it belonged to one of my uncles, now deceased. He died in 1976. And uh, I remember seeing that watch every Sunday when I was a little boy. Because you see, he would let me look at that watch during service. We weren't timing the preacher. It, it was just a novelty to me to look at that old watch. And I could see those hands ticking around on that watch. It's likely not worth a great deal. It's mine now. It did belong to my uncle. But, but it was given to me after he died. And so far as the monetary value of that watch is probably very little. But I'll tell you the truth. It's not for sale. You know why I wouldn't, I wouldn't take any amount of money for that watch? It's because of the person that I associate it with. You see, that uncle was not just an ordinary uncle to me. He was special. When my dad was in the Navy during the World War II, my mother and my oldest brother and I lived with my aunt and that uncle. That, that uncle was a mail carrier, a, a he would carry the mail from house to house in town. And, and he would walk miles and miles every day. And then when he would come home from work, he would take me and put me on his shoulders and he would carry me for long walks around town. At night, he would, get, he would say, let's get the Bible down. And he'd tell me to go get the big book. That's what I called it then. And, and so I associated that with the Bible, the big book. And he would read to me out of the Bible. And when I made a decision that I wanted to be a preacher, 
of all the people that encouraged me, he was number one. He was number one. He said, I'll stand behind you all the way. You wonder why I value that watch? It's because of the one that I associated with. Now let me ask you about God. With whom do you associate worship? Do you associate that with some rock star? Or, or, or do you associate that with some politician? Or You say, no, Brother Lambert, I associate worship with God. And, and, and if we associate worship with God, it ought to be important to us, shouldn't it? Re Revelation 22, verse 9 says, it just says, worship God. Worship God. God is a spirit, Jesus said in John 4. And he said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him, listen to it, must worship him. We must worship him. If I believe in God, and I have the right attitude about God, then I want to worship God. I want to praise God. I'll never miss an opportunity to worship him. All because I feel this, this is the way I feel about God. I love God the Lord in my heart. With whom do you associate helping the poor? Do you associate that with the devil? Oh, you say, no, Brother Lambert, the devil's not concerned about the helping the poor. I associate that with God. Well, then if I associate helping people with God, and in order for me to be godlike, then I need to help people. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches that in Galatians 6 and 10. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. That's who I associate it with. What about reading the Bible? With whom do you associate the Bible? You say, well, I associate the Bible with God, and, and, and I associate reading the Bible with God. Absolutely. Because it's God's book. It's the greatest book there is in all of the world. It's God's book. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Then what about the Lord's Supper? You say, well, Brother Lamont, in our church, we don't do that every Sunday because uh, we, we just don't see how it's all that important. Well, well let me ask you, let, let's, let's, let's be honest about this now. Who you, to whom do you associate with? You say, well, I associate the Lord's Supper with Jesus. And I associate it with his Father, with God. Well, what's our attitude about the Lord's Supper? can just take it or not take it or no oh no when I you see when I have the right attitude toward God all of the things that you would associate with God become important to me I associate preaching the gospel with God that's why it's important to me you see I want to have the right attitude about God to love God with all of my heart with all of my soul with all of my strength with all of my might and this is the love of God, 1 John chapter 5, 
and verse 3, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. That word grievous used to kind of throw me a little bit, but, but it simply means that, that when I really love God and God commands something of me, what God commands me is not like some kind of a burden to bear. Because I love God, I delight in doing it. Well, what about our attitude toward people that don't really like us? People that, that they, they, they feel differently than, than I do about other people. They, they may, we, we're living in a, in a world right now where there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of hatred and tension because there are those that, that have different attitudes about fellow, their fellow man. But what is my attitude toward people that, that don't even like me? Someone said, well, Brother Lambert, are, are, are you serious that, that there would be people that don't like you? Well, absolutely. In all probability, someone watching right now may not particularly care for me. But I love you anyway. I remember getting a letter one time from a, from a person, and uh, it, was a, it was a rough letter, let me tell you. I, I've kept the letter because if I get a little haughty, I go read that letter, and it sort of humbles me down. And uh, it gets me, gets me back where I need to be. And, and this, this guy told me how bad I was. He, he, he didn't use uh, language of a, a gutter language, but, but he told me of, of where I was headed, that I was leading people to torment, and I was going to torment and the like. And I, I wrote him back a letter, and I, he had heard me preach on the radio. That was his attitude about me. And so I wrote him a letter, told him I received his letter, and that I loved him, and it's because of people like him that we had that program on the radio. The next time I got a letter from him, he wanted our free Bible correspondence course. There are people that don't like me, but I've got to love them anyway. Jesus did. Je Jesus taught pray for your enemies in Matthew chapter 5. But Jesus didn't just teach, Jesus practiced what he taught. While Jesus is hanging on the cross, he prayed for his enemies. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus practiced what he taught. What's your attitude toward people that don't like you? Well, what, what, what's the, what is your attitude about race? That's a very touchy subject today. Well, what is your attitude about that? You see, our Christianity hinges on having the right attitude about everything in life. That's the reason I said in the very beginning it's the most it's, it's, it's key to living the Christian life is having the right attitude. Somebody says, well, they're just people I don't like. Well, do you love them? Oh, well, yeah, I love them. I just don't like them. You, that is contradictory. 
You either love them or you don't love them. You either like them or you don't love them. You either love them or you don't like them. And the Bible teaches so much about love. That the Bible teaches that, that if we hate our brother, that that's tantamount to murder in our hearts. 1 John 3, verse 15. You see, I've got to have an attitude of love toward other men. Now, Jesus said the second great commandment is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I'm, I have a passage in mind here. But that passage is found in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. And I believe if properly applied, this passage would bring love to the world say, well now, you're just dreaming, Brother Lambert. Well, maybe, maybe I'm being a little uh, optimistic there, but, but I believe in teaching this. And if we taught it to enough people, we taught it enough times, we could begin to make a difference in this world. Now let me read the verse to you. This verse is found in Matthew, the seventh chapter, and in verse number uh, 12. Therefore, all things Whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For well, this is the law and the prophets. Sometimes we refer to that as the golden rule. To treat others like we'd want to be treated. You see, that, that, that when you treat others like you want to be treated, it's going to make a better world. One of the country singers that uh, it has a song and he talks about being humble and kind. I, I thought I thought one time about getting a huge sign just putting in my yard and just say, "Be kind. Be kind to one another." Paul in Ephesians 4:32 said, "Be kind one to another," and that means if I'm going to be kind to other people. That means I've got to be kind to people that don't even like me. I've got to be kind to people that, that may have a different a slant on life than I have. I've got to be kind to them. And you know, one of the things for which Christians ought to be known is our attitude. Tertullian said that it was said of early Christians, see how they love one another. And Jesus said, But by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So not only do we need to have the right attitude about God and, and, and love God, we've got to have the attitude, right attitude toward other people, the people that don't even like us. We've got to love our neighbor. And wouldn't it be a wonderful wonderful thing if you could get up tomorrow and when you turn the television on and you start watching the news and all through the day that they say things like this we, we don't know what happened during the night but, but people all over the world have changed their attitude and instead of being filled with hate Instead of being filled with malice, 
instead of being filled with hate to the point they go out and take other people's lives, overnight people have just become kind to each other. Wouldn't that be a wonderful world to live in? That When you have a world like that, you won't have to lock your doors at night, will you? You won't have to carry a gun. Some of you probably that are watching now have a pistol permit or a gun permit to protect yourself. But if a world was filled with love and kindness and goodness, it would just change our world so much, and it needs changing. We need to have the right attitude toward each other. Have you ever wondered how God sees our whole world? I kind of think about that sometimes. and I realize how small we are compared to God. And our planet, this thing we call Earth, is, is not even hardly a speck in the universe. It's just not hardly a speck. And here's God looking down at our world and he sees us fussing and fighting and killing and murdering and, and taking the lives of little babies with abortion and, and, and burning down buildings and destroying other people's property and peddle drugs to, other ch to children that ruin their lives and homes being destroyed. Just wonder how God feels when He sees a world like that. I know this about God because the Bible tells me so. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. You see, God is love. And everything that we see around us ought to reflect God. It ought to say, God made this. God is still in control. I know sometimes it looks like the old devil's still sitting in the saddle. But folks, God's in control. We need to have the right attitude toward God, the right attitude toward each other. But let me mention just one other thing before we close today. We need a right attitude toward the Bible. And we ought to love the Bible. You, you may have a number of them in your house. You might even have one in your automobile. And have you ever seen cars? That maybe in the back seat, there's one over the back seat. And the uh, sun's dried it out, you know, and there's one on the dashboard of the car. It's been there since they went to Sunday school on Sunday. And, and they always said it'll be there when I get ready to go to Sunday school. What about during the week do you ever pick it up and read it? That's God's love letter to the world, folks. That, that's God's means of communicating with us every day of our lives. You need to become a, a, a diligent, regular student of the Bible have an attitude of love toward this, this book called the Bible. Oh, I'm aware there are those that would like to do away with it. 
All I can say is you're not going to do it because the Bible teaches that the word of the Lord will stand forever. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word will not pass away. Let's love the book called the Bible. We want to send you a Bible correspondence course so that you can get to know more about the Bible. Oh, I love you so much, and I, I trust during these unsettling times that God's blessing you. And I want to thank you for watching our telecast today. When given the opportunity, we want you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. But also right now, pick up the telephone, call for the free Bible correspondence course. Please do that without hesitation. And we'll send it to you. And also, I want you to know that I love you and may God bless you and keep you until we meet again. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.